Hey everybody, it's Nicole. Uh, Unfortunately, due to quarantine and shelter in place, Jenny is not here with me tonight. But uh, luckily for you guys, my husband Joe is here. Uh, We're trying this out. We're calling this Quarantine with a Biblio Dame. Uh, and Jenny will be Jenny and I will be trying to do a co-podcast on Anchor later this week. Um, in there, they have a new system where you can use the app and you can um, invite someone into your podcast. And we've never tried it before, so we're going to give that a shot. But until then, uh, because my husband Joe and I are quarantined together, uh, we decided with since we had the equipment. We would try out doing a podcast together. Um, and so say hi, Joe. Hello. <laughs> so we've been playing with all the sound equipment, and hopefully everything sounds good. Uh, Joe's a bit of a sound geek, so hopefully it sounds about as good as it can with all the fun equipment we have. What do you think so far? I mean, the Fritos sound amazing. <laughs> Before we started, he wanted to test what the Frito, what, he, what chewing Fritos sounded like, and it could have been one of those ASMR videos because it was very much like a what you'd expect to sound like if somebody was just slow eating of Fritos. Well, the funny thing was, is like, she'd look down and then I crunch another one and she just like, I was not like, expecting I'm gonna another throw Frito. away the Fritos. Yeah, that's basically what kept happening before when we were doing sound check. So it's, it's the chili cheese Fritos. I mean, the only ones that would be superior are the barbecue Fritos and they don't make those anymore. They don't, they don't make those anymore. Uh, we've looked for them multiple times. Don't you hate that when you like fall in love with the food and then they stop making it and you get real sad? Bacos. Or not bacos. They those, still make bacos. No, those little um, like townhouse crackers with the bacon flavor. Oh, I forgot about those. Yeah, yeah. that's like some 80s nostalgia coming back right there, right? I mean, that's, we're totally 90s kids and they keep bringing back 90s foods. But here's the thing about being a 90s kid and then being in your mid 30s is that when they bring the food back and you try it, it isn't as good because they don't have all the same chemical trans compounds. Trans fats are gone. <laughs> in there, so it's not the same, but... Um, yeah, barbecue Fritos were kind of the bomb and we can't have those anymore. But again, you unfortunately don't have to listen to him chewing chili cheese Fritos. I made him put them away. So that way we didn't have to listen to that particular sound. Um, so we are going to go through some stuff that we've been going through while we're here, um, in quarantine in our house and talk about kind of what was going on with work and what's been going on, uh, with homeschool. And then, uh, Joe's going to be the, uh, I have a, the notes in front of me of like what to talk about during each section. Sorry, that was my hand hitting the table. Um, and one of them is Q&A with live-in tech support. So basically, Joe has been relegated to live-in tech support. And I actually have to live in right now. Which and is rare for us. Yeah, didn't, yeah. Didn't we realize today at some point that you've been home for almost a month? Over a month now, Which I think. for us is insane, probably for the last two years, to have him home four weeks or five weeks straight. So I mean, you know the whole phrase of, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder? We are testing the opposite of we that. We are testing We're the limits of the, of the opposite of that. That's very true. Luckily, so far, it's going okay. We're doing all right. So we did introductions. So yay, checkbox that one. We, we know who we are. Uh, I've talked about Joe in the podcast many times, so people should know you by name at this point. I am, I am formally known as my darling husband, Joe. Yeah, so at one point, God, it was two years ago or almost two years ago, Joe decided it would be funny to change something in my iPhone so that anytime I type just Joe, the first thing it would autocorrect to would be my darling husband. And I am too lazy to figure out how to fix it, which I know I could fix it, but I just don't. So usually I just, when I text Joe, it just comes out my darling husband and all my friends and family kind of just know. And I just text it out. And then occasionally I'll go back and delete it back to just Joe. Um, when you're feeling salty. 
or uh, I'm not sometimes, so but but honestly, here's the thing. Sometimes I mistype and I'll type ho, and it will still <laughs> know that I mean Joe, which I think is really great about my phone. Um, but you guys know Joe, and you we've talked about. Uh, We've talked about him. I've talked about him. So, uh, and he's obviously one of the smartest people I know. So I think he will have a lot of really good things to say when we talk about some of the tech stuff that you guys might be dealing with now that you are a lot of you working from home and having to try to support teachers and support your admin and support your library in a different way that you've never done before. So I think that he'll have a lot of really good insight. So it's nice to be quarantined with a smart person who knows things. You know, now that you mention it, I'm going to go change your uh, keyboard shortcuts so that way whenever you type ho, it's going to say my darling husband ho. <laughs> and then I'll just, just type that and send that. Leave it, and eventually people will be like, ah, it's fine. It's just something Joe did. He'll, you just accept it. Yeah. Um, so one of the things a lot of you may not know that happened right before we went on spring break, which feels like a million years ago because legitimately it was over a month ago, um, is that our district got hit with a malware attack. And right before we left for spring break, we lost internet. For like four days. It happened like midway through the day, the Tuesday before spring break. And it just kind of happened. And we thought, oh, the internet's down. It happens sometimes. Uh, and then it just didn't come back and didn't come back. And we didn't know why. And they weren't saying a lot, which makes sense. And then by the end of the week, we're kind of like, we don't know if the internet is ever coming back. And so... And obviously, we kind of at the same time knew what was going, like, kind of with the coronavirus and how it was spreading and things like that. But when we went on spring break, we we flew to Ohio, we took the kids, we visited family, we stayed with my sister. Nobody expected, when we left on that flight to Columbus, we never would have imagined kind of what we've, what our life has turned into in the last four weeks. You would say that that's correct, right? Yeah, I mean, certainly, Um, you know, malware aside right <laughs> we'll go back to the malware in yeah. a minute i mean it's like it's like yeah nobody expected the malware and then i realized <laughs> oh she's going full coronavirus yeah i mean it's you know i was scheduled to to go on yet another work trip and i actually went on just one more right after we got back i flew out sunday and then i got the uh, phone call sunday night from my boss he's like Hey, are you in Texas? I'm like, no. He's like, okay, fly back. Uh, Come back to Texas. You need to come back right now. Which was good because, I mean, you know, I I thought, okay, you know, the panic buying had just started. And then I get into town, you know, I go to buy my groceries and there's nothing. No toilet paper, no Lysol. No canned soup, except for tomato soup. Apparently, people hate tomato <laughs> it soup. It is the last of the desired soup. It was soup. the last. That's, and I, this is an aside. So we got back into town the Wednesday of spring break. And Thursday, I and mean, we kind of heard about the panic buying. And I was like, we need groceries because we were gone for a week. So we hadn't actually like bought any groceries. And I was able to get most of the groceries. The food stuff was fine. There wasn't any toilet paper. There wasn't any paper towels. Um, there wasn't any... Uh, hand sanitizer or Clorox or that stuff. But for the most part, grocery-wise, we were fine. So I got groceries, came back. Catherine's birthday was that Friday. And then, I mean, at that point, they canceled school for another two weeks. And then they canceled TLA, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And it was kind of like boom, boom, boom. And then Joe, like I said, he had been sent home. He was that he was in California less than 24 hours before they 
Yeah, that was sent him home. Yeah, that was the Sunday night. I flew out right after we got back. So, so for the district, it's kind of been like a perfect storm, being that not only are we dealing with hey, school is canceled. At that point, it was for two weeks. Now it's till the at least till May third, and we still don't know because some states they're pushing it out to the end of the year. Some states they're waiting until the end of April to decide what's going to happen next. And so, um, you know, for us, it's been. You know, it's already bad. It's already something that we have to adjust to. And online learning is not something anybody was really prepared for. Uh, there was no contingency plan for this. This contingency plan, I don't think, definitely did not exist in our district. I don't I don't believe and probably didn't really exist in any district. Uh, but on top of that, to be not only have this happen, but also not have internet and not have, well, and not, not only, only not having internet, all your devices were left there all yeah they told us on friday not i wasn't there on friday but they said leave your devices because they were trying to figure out which devices were infected and so they told every teacher hey leave your laptops there because again at this point nobody thought we would be out of school for another month you know two weeks to a month and so they did they did what they were told they left their stuff behind and then you know we get back from spring break we're like oh we're like out another two weeks another month and so the district slowly has been trying to get back online um and rebuild basically from scratch an entire server and a lot of our stuff had single sign-on and so it's been a real struggle um we're actually just this week is our first really official week of being online learning and even that's kind of questionable it's more like hey teachers are trying to get a hold of kids making sure they know where everybody is trying to make contact where real online learning probably isn't starting until next week. It's supposed to have started this week, but I think this week is a lot of like trying to get everybody online. And again, a lot of our kids don't have internet and we don't have enough hotspots. And a lot of our kids didn't get Chromebooks because they didn't need them. They didn't think they needed them. Uh, and now they're like, oh man, I actually need this device. So we've been having a lot of issues with kind of getting everybody devices. Um, so for us, it's been a double whammy. Not only are we trying to implement online learning, but we're also coming in at a deficit because we don't have um because we were already dealing with this malware attack and them deciding that if it i mean we haven't gotten a ton of details but basically we're making an assumption that it was a ransomware deal and our district decided not to pay it and they're rebuilding a server from scratch and so we still you're talking more than a single server i mean you're no yeah for sure multiple servers and and not just you know servers i mean those things are just you know hardware with an operating system on it it's multiple platforms set up to talk to one another. Single sign-on is a fairly complex thing to do. I mean, you know, there's there's framework and stuff that makes it easier, but you're talking about taking multiple Lego bits and putting them together, and they don't all fit themselves. I love how some. I mean, let me tell you, this man is very smart, and he knows he knows his stuff, and he just did that. I tell him sometimes I tell him that he needs to dumb it down for us regular people, and you did a really good job there. So. Um. A plus on that. But um, for us, and single sign-on had been a thing, but it kind of, I mean, we were still in our first full year of kind of really, especially with the Chromebooks, really coming into that whole concept Mm -hmm. of single sign-on. And now we still don't have, we still don't have Destiny. um, So we still can't do anything with our library books at this point. Um, We still haven't, we still don't have Overdrive uh, up and running. So if anybody was signed in before this all happened, they have Overdrive. So a lot of people are very lucky because they can access. If you're listening to this, don't sign out. Don't sign out. If you are a district (laughs) person, don't sign out you will lose it but um they haven't gotten our overdrive which has been a real bummer for us because you know jenny and i have been really trying to figure out where 
what we need to do, right? Because there's no playbook for this. We're all kind of working, everybody, there's no playbook for this. But we're trying to figure out what our district needs. And one of the things we would love to be able to support is obviously the kids just having books to read. Because our public library is closed, and our library is closed, and a lot of kids don't have books at home. And it's trying to figure out getting them these online resources. Um And we can't even give them our district overdrive because we don't have access to it. So we've been really pushing hard our public library's overdrive and their Libby and their um, Sora and things like that. But even their – I mean, even our public library is struggling to kind of make sure everybody has because they're they're all working from home. So – I give them credit, though. They have been really good. So I've known a couple of individual cases where they're like, oh, you know, hey, like my library card's expired or whatever and I need to go back in. And it's like email them. Yeah, they set up a specific email address for that specific purpose. And I guess they must be assigning different librarians at different times or whatever to to answer those. And they're being really, really flexible about renewing accounts and things like that because they really want to support people using the the systems. But especially with our library, Fort Worth City is not doing any type of physical library exchange. Some libraries are doing like a library pickup, but because we don't really know how long the virus can live on paper and how long it lives on covers and things like that, people are very wary about what to do with the physical books. And with that many materials, I mean, you know, the Fort Worth library system is huge and that many materials and trying to manage the logistics of all that you it's it would yeah because at this point so. we have library books that were due back a month ago and they're like hold on to and it. they're just like hold on to them it's fine so our yeah. kids have probably read about komodo dragons like 10 times because the book's just sitting there yeah, that, makes, that makes evan happy other yeah, than not learning about newer animals and he's still but yeah so they i mean we're still kind of in a weird place where a lot of our public libraries are trying to figure out where they fit in all of this but thankfully for them they have been really good about helping out our population because we as a district can't provide that um support yet we've heard that it's coming we've heard that eventually so basically they've switched over to something called class link that's single sign-on and they're slowly adding in the different things they need but they're more focused on the instructional stuff so they want to make sure they can get access to all the tools like Edgenuity and things like that that they're using to teach classes and the book part has come in as a second or third tier level add-on so we're not there yet uh, when we are Jenny and I are like ready to push it but we just are kind of waiting for that word of like hey let's go so, you know, we're kind of in a, I mean, we're all in a weird place. The whole country is in a weird place. The whole world is in a weird place when it comes to that. But our district is definitely kind of still getting their footing on what to do with online learning. But I think some of the districts have done a fantastic job. Obviously, like I said, nobody had a playbook for this. Um, but our kids go to um, a district where they, I mean, they spent a week training teachers online. They did Zoom training. Like we were done from spring break. The week after spring break was kind of like extended spring break. Uh, and they're like, just, you know, hang out with your kids and teach them some stuff. And we're like, cool, we can handle that, whatever. And then by week two, they had the all the grade levels had like kind of come into an agreement of what, what lessons were going to be taught and, you know, they followed their, whatever their curriculum frameworks were. And we started, we started homeschool like in earnest the week after the week after spring break. So, I mean, it only took about a week of turnaround for mm-hmm. them. Um, and they're still evolving. They're still learning. They're making subtle changes as things go. And, you know, that's, that's going to be the the nature of the way this goes for a little while, but it's, it has been pretty impressive to watch and, you know, to look over and see, you know, Evan sitting there, uh, 
you know, in a conference with his teacher or. That's been honestly, I mean, it's been a mixed blessing. Him getting to, I mean, he has a fantastic teacher. I could, I mean, I could talk for hours about how much I love his first grade teacher, but when he's one-on-one with her, it's one of the cutest things ever to see him with his headphones on and looking at the screen and them talking and her going over sight words and math stuff with him. It's fantastic. Now he's not so good in a group setting. Um, he's like that kid who's not like, you know, I'm sure at this point, a lot of you listening have done a zoom meeting at some point in the last couple of weeks. Um, and they were not made for first graders because they all have something to say and they all want to say it at the first, at the same time. And so she's learned to mute everyone uh, and Which is a skill every presenter needs, no yeah. matter whether you're dealing with first graders or adults. I saw a, a meme or something that was basically like um, the mic, not muting the mic is the reply all of 2020 or something like that. Because people are real bad about muting their mics. But there's a feature on Zoom where you can mute everyone. Uh, and she's learned it and she's used it. But the kids haven't learned like all the different skills. So he wanted to say he was in some Zoom meeting with like five or six other kids about sight words. And he wanted to say something and she had muted everyone. He was so frustrated. And when Evan gets frustrated, sometimes it's hard to like calm down. And so I was like, I finally cut him off. I took him out of the meeting. I was like, you can't handle it. You're not ready. So we took him out. I talked to him. I was like, what do you do in class when your teacher isn't listening to you, but you need to say something. He's like, I raised my hand. I was like, can she see you on the screen? And he's like, yes. I'm like, then raise your hand and just hold it there. She will see you and then she can unmute you and you can say what you need to say. But these kids, I mean, like, these are first graders. They've never, ever, ever done online anything at this point <laughs> for like using. And in a classroom, you can't mute them. Yeah. I mean, that is one of the benefits of, of those type of things. You can mute everyone. <laughs> That they, I saw another meme that basically like when we go back to like regular school, the teachers are really going to miss the mute all feature because you you don't have that in your classroom in real life. Um, but yeah, seeing them zoom with his teacher has been really really cool. Seeing the kids go, "Hi, how are you? What are you doing?" and showing each other their pets has been super super cute. So it's one of those things where you know it's a stressful situation, it's a stressful time, but there are little joys here and there. And Jenny and I have always been all about like finding small wins and finding the small joys. And things like this have been those have been those moments where we've like found the small wins. Um, and you know you've got to give you got to give credit to the literary community too. I have seen, you know, you talking about those small joys and those small wins. A lot of authors, and uh, a lot of, uh, I guess even some of the publication companies have you know come together, and you know, uh, who's that famous author with the pigeon? Oh, Mo Willems. Yeah, he, he's had like read-alongs. Oh, yeah, every like, day he does lunch with Mo Willems, him and the Kennedy Center. I mean, he's at his house. He's being responsible and staying at home. And he has a really cool workspace. And every day he does lunch with Mo Willems. And he, like, shows the sketch. And he has them sketch along with him and draw their pigeons. And, I mean, even some of the big publishing companies, like Macmillan in the library world, is kind of like an evil villain because they were starting to do those weird things with ebooks and wanting to charge more and things like that. And even now they're like, uh, maybe that wasn't such a good idea. I mean, and authors, and authors are home. So a lot of them are doing really, really cool things like Dan Santat, who's a fantastic illustrator. Um, he has a new, did a new version, the 90th anniversary of the engine, little engine that could. He reanimate, reillustrated the book. So it's the same story, but it's his illustrations and he's fantastic. And so 
a day or two ago, he's like, send me your kids' drawings. So the kids were sending, the parents were sending the drawings the kids had done. And he was doing a Dan Santat version of the kids' drawings, which was super, super cool. So there's been a lot in, in the YA and in the children's author and illustrator uh, world. There's amazing things going on. And the idea of having all these different services open, PBS changing their entire daily schedule so that from, you know, 7 a.m. until 6 p.m. They've got educational programming for all ages. I mean, as much as things are bad and things are, are happening are really rough, there are have been some, like, shining lights that have been happening during this time, um, especially within education, because people really do care about the kids and they really want to make sure they have all the supplies they need as much as they can and, and have access. And so there's been some fantastic stuff out there that has been happening um because of that it's very doctor who right you know they you know doctor who you know they like to we're big whovians if, yes. if you didn't know that and, you know they like to you know kind of prop the human race up as oddball survivors and you know how adaptable they are to to tough times and it's it's very british anyway right keem calm and carry on yeah That's i mean their... the queen basically just had that whole thing when after their prime minister came down with coronavirus she went on and she's like and her i mean prince charles i think has recovered but he had mm -hmm. coronavirus too and she basically pulled her same you know world war ii self out there and was like you know we need to pull it together and be british and all that and so i mean it's the same kind of idea the best part was the uh the the green screen memes because she wore a green dress i guarantee i feel like she did it on purpose but i don't think I don't she really know. did no i don't think so I mean, she wore that thing. solid green dress she looked fantastic but obviously when you wear a solid green you're basically asking to be green screened into my favorite is the star trek outfit have you seen that one i've not seen that one. that one's fantastic that they awesome. put her I've in seen her... the iron maiden shirt no they put her in like a red like the command, yeah, like the command, the next generation yeah, command, next generation command outfit. That That's awesome. Good. I mean, here's the thing: any solid outfit nowadays, the software's out there. You pick your background color. It could be the most god awful shade of like fuchsia. We as can match that, a, and we can turn that into a solid the, color, not a pattern. Yeah, then we can turn that into your quote unquote green screen. So, I mean, there's been a lot of good that has come out of this. Um, we're still, I mean, obviously, we're at this. What it's the seventh of April right now. Um, we are in shelter in place here in Tarrant County until at least, um, well, I guess the governor, I guess in Texas till April or till May 3rd. Is, is, did he extend it to May 3rd? Or April 30th and May 3rd April. for school. I don't know. Something like that. Somewhere Definitely till the end of the month. Um, so we're not, we're not over the hill quite yet. And we don't really know. I mean, it could be another month at least. A lot of people are guessing a lot of states, especially on the East coast have decided to call it and they're like, nope, end of the school year. We're just going to ride it out till May. I mean, the good news is that it's working, right? Uh, and the, the places that are, are really that, following the rules, it's working. Right. Even, even the places that aren't, it's better than nothing. And that's the thing that you have to remember, even if you're stuck at home and you're watching people out there like partying at the bar. I understand that. I understand as irritating as that is. But if you're one of those people who are staying at home and doing your best, if you have to go out for groceries, trying to stay your six feet, you're you're doing the best you can. And that's part of it. You're, you're never going to get 100% compliance, 
and that's irritating. Makes that's you want to smack somebody. It's but. funny when you say that because we, we use that in education all the time. We're like, you know, there's always going to be that 8 to 10% that you can't do anything about. As hard as you try, you just can't. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same thing. We're just seeing it on a global scale. <laughs> that eight, But that's just a lot more people when you talk about globally versus a campus. Um, it's the 8 to 10% who just won't comply to standard. Won't and it's, comply and it's to frustrating rules. because it's it's not like Darwinism directly applies here. Right. You know, they the as long as it takes to become symptomatic and the asymptomatic but contagious phase of this is what really makes this so much more difficult than the flu or anything else is that, you know, you can be a carrier for so long and not realize it versus, you know, the flu or other and the things. the fact that you can't get tested. So it's not like something well, you like, you know, I've been around people. Let me get tests. You know, a flu test takes 10 minutes. If, if you could go through and just scan people who have been slightly exposed it would make people, it would make... It would make it go quicker. Yes, it's, it, and so it's we're kind still, of in a... I mean, the fact that it's, you know, so new and highly virulent makes it difficult to follow. And if everybody tomorrow had to go in and get flu tested, there would, that would be, you know, a nightmare as well. Well, the system nightmare. was never built for that. Yeah, it wasn't. We're, it wasn't. And, and the logistics of trying to manage that would be a headache. But, you know, that being said, this, you know... Microphone problems there, hon? Yeah, I'm trying to hold on and get it right in the right position. And it slipped right in my hand. It's fine. It's all good. So, I mean, the logistics of trying to manage that many flu tests all at once would be a nightmare. And this disease or this virus being what it is, um, is that much further out, you know, that was a terrible way of describing it. <laughs> so He's new to this. It's okay. He's well, you know, a few shots in. Yeah. That's the benefit of uh, um, recording in your own home at night right. after everyone's gone to bed is that you can loosen up with a few drinks before you do this. So um, yeah. we're going to take a side note because we veered so far off the schedule. I figure I'll just it back. This is going to make it very difficult to edit that in any form or fashion. We don't so need this- to edit it. Just we'll just fix it and post it's fine that's what editing is is (laughs) fixing it in post i know it's fine it's it's a podcast twitch didn't you i did (laughs) i'm gonna get it i'm gonna get it on on the list don't get the fritos on the list one of the things i have is q a with live uh with not live sorry with live-in tech support right well i hope i'm live yeah he's live and he's live-in tech support i do live with him this Um, won't be live by the time you hear it there are some things that um some tips he has obviously he's a guy who knows his computers he knows his networks um and so for those of us out there especially those of us working from home uh and also trying to help out our districts but from our own homes he has a couple um tips that he wants to share with us about uh, about that. So the first one I have is tips to speed up your Wi-Fi. So in plain people English, what are some tips that you can help people who are working from home to help speed up their Wi-Fi? So the probably the first or the easiest thing that you can do to speed up your Wi-Fi, it, it's going to seem kind of simple, but most people don't think to do it. Schedule your Wi-Fi usage. Uh, what do I mean by that? Well, if especially if you have lower limited bandwidth, don't be trying to join a conference call while you've got somebody in the other room uh, binge watching The Witcher on Netflix. It's just he says that because he just finished season I, one. I did, I did last night at like midnight. Yes, but uh, if you have limited bandwidth capabilities, you know, if you know, if we want to, you know, use the most simplest terms, if your internet's going extremely slow, especially while somebody's trying to watch Netflix or Hulu or whatever, schedule that out. 
and be like, you know, hey, I get it. I know you want to watch your show, but maybe now's the time to go read that book, that physical book, or, you know, have something downloaded or even listen to an audiobook. That's not going to that's not going to hit your Wi-Fi like streaming 1080p video is. See, and it's funny cuz in this house, I mean, we have a lot of people and we have a lot of devices all trying to work at the same time, but one of the things we noticed when Joe ran what something on the computer to show us what each device was <laughs> kind of eating, we realized that Evan's Kindle was eating more bandwidth than almost any device in the house, and it's because he's gotten addicted to these YouTube gamer videos. This is gamer called Zebra Gamer, and he likes to watch him play Switch games, and it just like sucks the internet out of the house. Well, and I, and I don't think it's so much that it's it's him, not like he's it's streaming four K video. It's the fact that if you don't pay any attention, that's what he does by default. So, I mean, a lot of that was just the the massive amount of time that he is dedicated to watching this. I mean, he's a true fan. Yeah, oh, yeah, for this, sure. This his favorite gamer, which used to be me. I'm and trying now not it's, to be now hurt. it's Zebra Gamer. Um, and so now we've told him that he can't watch his YouTube videos while daddy has work. So he has to be, he doesn't get to watch his YouTube videos until later in the evening because we know that they suck so much bandwidth now could he watch them in our network probably because we have a pretty pretty robust network but we try and like also get him off watching all these youtube videos but it's one of those things where that's a rule that we've set that now that he can't watch these this gamer videos until the evening because we need the bandwidth during the day let's be honest with this setup we could have like four people watching don't tell people this don't don't say those things no i this is a matter most people are not in that situation. But it, it has a lot less to do with the, the internet plan that we have and the infrastructure that I built into this house. That is true. Like I had screaming arguments with the builder because I wanted wiring in our ceiling so that way we would have wall-to-wall coverage of Wi-Fi. And the and, and that kind of leads to the second tip that I okay, have here. Okay, nice. Good lead. Like Thank it. you. Yes. So the other thing is that a lot of times, you know, your internet service provider will give you one of these modem slash Wi-Fi router all-in-one boxes, which is kind of nice. You know, they come in, they set it up for you, and they say, here you go, this is how you connect, and they leave. And for some of the folks who really have a hard time with that stuff, that's nice. But at the same time, you have to remember that these folks aren't investing in, like, the super best technology out there. Trying to get the most power out of these little routers is pretty difficult. And for... 100 150 bucks really you can get a superb like a netgear router or you can use the um, tp link i'm personally not a fan of tp link but that's because i use some of the advanced settings in there um and we can talk about what they call the pie hole later on if we get to it but we're already almost at 30 minutes so we'll see maybe episode two you never know i mean people got plenty of time (laughs) that's true the uh, the TP links, you know, they don't let you change as many things uh, as you would like. But sometimes the simple fact of not using what Spectrum or Comcast or whoever you have uh, providing your internet, not using what they give you makes a huge difference in terms of power and capability uh, that comes in there. Now, what we have in here um, is probably going to be overkill for most folks. Yes. Um <laughs> We we have the Unify structure. You can you can make a much smaller version of it. Um, you're going to pay a bit of a, a, a premium on that. It's going to work great if you can figure out how to set it up. Now the nice thing about so Unify, if you have a network person in your life, then maybe. But yes. for most people, Sometimes, steps so, one, tip one and tip two will be more important to you. Well, or you know, it, and it's harder to do with social distancing. But sometimes that best tip you can have 
is find a techie friend who's good, who's good, that's important, and then make sure you stock up on their favorite chips and or beer. And pizza and, and offer them all kinds of treats. Once we're allowed to be within six feet of humans again, that would be something to think about. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, a, a good network guy or girl. Person. Good network folks. I, I try to say guy generically, but I realize people don't always realize that. So, you know, a, a, a good network savvy person can sometimes make a, a pretty good difference. So. And then one third point okay. to speeding up your Wi-Fi. Um, something that people don't necessarily understand or, you know, it might surprise you is limiting the number of connections to your Wi-Fi. That kind of goes against the whole idea of like a smart home, the Internet of Things. Yeah, we talked about this earlier. Like our washer and dryer, we have an app for our washer and dryer. Yes. Do we need an app for our washer and dryer? No. Our very judgy washer our and dryer. Our very judgy. Like, uh, your laundry has been here a long time. You might want to come get it. Right. Um, so, no. Some things, even though they have internet, doesn't mean they need internet. And But if you hook them up because you're like, well, that's cool, that does kind of suck away from your, your bandwidth. And every device does so more than you might think. Um, a lot of these devices have kind of a phone home feature that'll tell... You know, they'll tell the manufacturer how I'm being used, you know, hey, I've been used this often, etc. And those metrics are helpful to them, but at the same time, it's a waste of your bandwidth. If you don't necessarily need to connect it, great. Um, If you are internet savvy, you can get something like um, a, a pie hole. So what it is, you know, I, you guys have talked on the res, about the We've Raspberry Pis before. talked about Raspberry Pis, yeah, those mm-hmm. little mini computers that can do kind of cool little things. Well, there's software out there called Pi-Hole, and basically P-I-H-O-L-E. what it does... P-I-H-O-L-E. Yes. And basically what it does is it helps block certain internet traffic. Um, they have a list of known spam or useless um, addresses and whenever a computer requests that address, it says, hey, yeah, that doesn't exist. And so if you tell your network, and this is why I don't like the, the TP links as much because it makes it more difficult to do it, it can be done. So a lot of that phone home traffic is blocked on our network because it's routed to our Pi Hole. Our Pi Hole says, yeah, that doesn't exist, and it gives up trying. And you can see where a lot of that bandwidth is actually just being wasted on that type of traffic. So if you don't need to connect it, Great. Uh, if you do need to connect it, okay. You know, there, there are some benefits to that. If you are savvy enough or you happen to have a friend who's savvy enough and you can get a hold of a Raspberry Pi. Which are, I mean, are on Amazon, fairly cheap, easy to kind of set up. Um, yeah. There's a lot. Easy-ish. Eh, easy-ish. It's Linux. Oh, Linux. It's your favorite. Uh, we didn't talk about that in this we one. We did not. We did a practice. So here's a side note we did a practice podcast it took like 11 minutes to kind of test our sound and stuff and we went into a whole i went into a whole thing about linux computers and having to share a computer with my son and wanting a microsoft machine real bad so that's why i just got a brand new um, microsoft surface which i love um and so i realized that i thought we had talked about that and then actually we had talked we about that one, in our, yeah. pra- our practice podcast but not in this one um, but yeah, so it's, I mean, it, there's a learning curve to it, but there's lots of online instructional videos and things like that. So it, it's not something that should scare anyone, but it definitely isn't something that's like out of the box ready to roll. Yeah, the, especially like if you're looking at the pie hole, setting that thing up, there's a lot of instructions. You have to take your time and you have to read it or feed and, you know, um, give beer to your favorite <laughs> network person. 
or what you um, know, whatever food or drink they they prefer. But yes, you definitely definitely take some setup time. And and let me throw one other thing out there. Since you mentioned uh, mentioned the Linux laptops, that's not a snooty thing that we do. You know, some of the the we do it reputation. It's, cheap. it's free, and Linux generally is less resource hungry than Windows. So your your computer power, your memory, the amount of stuff that I can think about at any one given time. Linux tends to need a lot less. And you can install Linux on your machine for free. Certain versions of Linux, you know, don't go getting like Red Hat Enterprise Linux. That's uh that costs a yeah, pretty penny. But like Linux Mint is available for free. Ubuntu is another popular one. You can install those on your laptop. And if you have an older or underpowered laptop, you can still get Years which is, of good use which is the system that we were, or the system, the problem that we were having is we had two older laptops, don't have a ton of power, um, but we needed devices for the kids because we're not only are we working from home, we're also homeschooling from home, which has been its own pleasure of teaching a fifth grader and a first grader when you're a high school educated. I was going to say, I wouldn't know. I mean, Sorry, that sounded wrong. I am a master's degree educated person, but I've never taught anything under ninth grade. So teaching a fifth grader and a ninth or a first grader has been a challenge. I mean, you've got one year of elementary librarian. It's true, I do, but that wasn't enough. (laughs) Um, So anyway, we've had these two laptops that we have the kids working on. And for us, it's been okay because really all we needed them to have was internet. And so we could get them online and we could get to the s'mores the teacher has had sent out and the links the teachers had sent out and it's been fine but i didn't have a device because my laptop may or may not have been infected with malware and so i couldn't use it and so i was like working in between with evan so evan would work and take a break and then i would use the laptop and then he would use it for a thing and then i would use the laptop and so we were sharing um and so i was finally broke i've wanted my own laptop for a long time and i really want a microsoft machine i'm a microsoft person i don't mind using new things chromebooks are fine for what they're fine for but i really wanted like a computer and i'm not an apple person so i was like and so we kind of went back and forth joe and i about what i needed to get and finally i was like just pick it just you do it i want a surface which is budget dangerous because which is budget dangerous which it was a bit engineer always leans to performance thankfully we had gotten our tax returns back before all this had happened and we had some extra spending money lying around but it's been fantastic we've only had it a couple days it got delivered super fast came straight from canada um so it's my new um my new child. My, I called it my third child on my probably my Instagram. Um, it is my investment because if you write that that book that gets that movie deal, I can retire early. I always talk about writing a book. I'm actually trying to write a book, which I'm not even going to talk about, but I'm trying. Uh, and so the joke is always that if I write the book and it becomes a movie and I can pull like a Jenny Han, then he can retire and work for fun. And then I can be the breadwinner because he's basically been the breadwinner our entire marriage so it'd be nice to flip the script every once in a while but we'll I'd, see. I'd be down for that I, I got no pride in it yeah he's got i mean that's I mean, here's that's the a, thing it doesn't even have to be jenny han you can go full whoever wrote 50 shades of gray no we're not i can't do i mean yes i understand as a, as a librarian you want to write quality i hurt but. my soul just a tiny bit when he mentioned that <laughs> just a little bit um but yeah so we're it's my new computer i love it uh, and so we've been trying to kind of balance the the home wi-fi with the new computer and all that stuff so one of the things i want to talk about real quick kind of looking back at the notes and we're hitting about the 40 minute mark and about 45 minutes is where we like to cut off because people you know you take a break and get it go you know walk around their neighborhoods or whatever there's pause buttons that's true um is 
I have on here another part of the Q&A is the note says back that sh- up, which just in case you're offended, I'm not going to use the curse word, but it's another that. tip from my tech support about backing your stuff up, which kind of feeds right into the malware thing because that's that was a hard lesson that our people had to learn. Yeah, um, and it's not something that people tend to do often enough, and I will let myself right into that same category um, on that one. So there, there's many forms of backup that you can have, but usually one is not sufficient. What we have here is we have what's called a NAS, a Network Accessible Storage Unit. But if our house were to get hit by lightning or there was a fire in here, everything would be gone. So it's not cloud stored, it's physically stored. It's not cloud stored. And you can do cloud backups, but here's the thing to be aware of any automatic backup storage thing, is that it has its pros, but it's not your civil bullet. You need a mix of a physical backup somewhere that you can you can take. Ideally, off-site backups are ideal. But what you don't necessarily want is always connected backup because a lot of this ransomware has gotten really good. They will... Really good in the worst kind of way. They're clever. <laughs> yes. They're deviously clever. And so what they will do is they will go in and they will encrypt your backups first and foremost. So... If you come in, you say, oh, crap, well, hey, we've been infected. I'll just go, you know, I don't need to pay your fine. I'll just go pull from a backup. And the first thing you see is, oh, hey, you know, we, we I, already I you want to use this. Backup. Yeah, we have your backup. Would you like it? You know, send us some Bitcoin. So the thing is, really, you need two or three forms or two or three strategies. And there's a, there's a whole art slash science to this called RMF, Risk Management Framework. How much can you afford to lose it? How long does it take for you to recover from it? And, you know, what is the, what is the lost revenue? All of that. All of that plays into figuring out just exactly what you want to back up and how you want to back it up. And, of course, then there's other uh, considerations as well, legal considerations and personal privacy considerations. You know, you don't want to take all of your sensitive records and put it out there on, like, a public Google Drive or Amazon Cloud uh, S3 drive that's publicly accessible if it's got your social security and your address and your credit card numbers and all of that. So not only do you have to consider, you know, what's appropriate for backing it up, but how you back it up in a way that can't be used against you later on. Long story short, this isn't something that we could really explain in a single podcast all the ways because the the engineering answer is always going to be, it depends on what the right answer is. <laughs> always. Always. When you live with an engineer, that is basically always your answer. That it is depends. true. But if, if you do nothing else and keep in mind if it's your work stuff and there's usually corporate or local policies, but, you know, if you have a computer, plug in a flash drive every now and then and save the truly critical stuff. Uh, things like photos, you could probably back up to a public cloud and be okay there. And some of that, I think, is a bit of the like a Marie Kondo. Like, what do you really need versus what do you? Oh yeah, want because I mean, when I had to give up my laptop, I was like, how much stuff is on there? There's not a lot on there that I like. There's a lot of pictures I've downloaded for posts and things like that, but it's not a lot of anything I couldn't recover. It'd just be more annoying to recover. Right. But it is anything that's truly like originally created that I would somehow be. But you're also kind of rare in that you're willing to try things like Google Drive and other things and utilize those online platforms, whereas you will find other people who 
couldn't see their wallpaper picture for the number of icons on their desktop oh my God, because of the stuff that they saved down. Oh, people's back. Oh, you all know. You know how that is. When you, I mean, and some of you may be those people who, when you look at your desktop, it's basically completely covered with files. I try to keep my, I mean, when I get to a point about halfway, I'm like, okay, I got to be able to create folders to put all this and in. And mine's but. usually a temporary thing, right? I'll download it because I need it once. I'll put it on my desktop so I can find it immediately and I need to go delete it and I don't do that. And then a month later, I'm like, Oh, yeah, I, I can delete this. And you this, have that moment this, of cleanup. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, everybody's guilty of that to some extent. And, yeah, there's a lot of digital garbage out there that, you know, I mean, think about how many stupid, funny memes that are on your phone that you may have saved down. Oh, that, my God. I was thinking about that the other day. I was looking at my phone going, I mean, we're all home thinking of stuff to do. I was like, I need to go through my phone. I have a ton of stuff that I've taken like screenshots of that I needed like in the moment, but I no longer need that because I've right. posted it and I'm done and I don't need it in my phone anymore. But to go through and actually like delete it off is its own task and I have to like sit and take time to do that. Which I would appreciate if you do that because your phone's pictures are automatically back it up to hard <laughs> ass. So you're just taking up <laughs> space here. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. So think about what you have um, and think about backing it up in more than one way. And if you can do that, you kind of help protect yourself uh, a little bit more than having nothing at all. Uh, even if it's going off and getting an external USB drive, ideally encrypted, but and for us we'll as, as educators, I think that was a lot of the issue our teachers had is even though we've told them because we've updated laptops from Windows 8 to Windows 10 and we've said, hey, you need to back your stuff up and hey, you never know when your laptop's going to break and you need to back that stuff up. Th these things have been said to them forever, but then when they actually had to leave their laptop over spring break and have it re-imaged, I mean, you had teachers in tears because they weren't actually heeding our warning and they had years worth of lessons and years worth, and, and those are the things that are sad to lose but also you don't feel as sad because you've told them they should back that stuff up in more than one place they should have it on the drive they should have it on the flash drive they should have it somewhere else and they choose to not listen to you in the moment and then when things like this happen now they're at that point. And it happens to our kids all the time. We're like, did you back that up? Did you have that on the flash drive? Did you email that to yourself? And they're like, well, no. And you're like, well, I'm really sorry, but this is where we are. It's the same kind of thing, but just kind of yeah. to a, a larger degree. Uh, it, this is going to sound odd coming from me, but I think I get it probably more than you do. Or I, I, I understand it a little bit more than you do because everybody... There's a million and one best practices out there that everybody should follow. How many people take their dryer vent off and clean out the lint to try and pre prevent fires? How many people really change their house. air filters In this every house. three months? There's things that I miss. I'm sure my dentist is over here going, I bet you don't floss every day and that's best practice. So, I mean, everybody picks and fights their battles and, you know, things that take time and stuff. I understand, but... Hopefully, you know, if you can learn from other people's fails or hopefully if you've experienced this, it's not been too catastrophic, especially if it's something precious to you, like old family photos, you know, things that aren't in multiple locations, especially if you've got time now, you know, hey, now is the time to, to burn through some of that yeah, list of. I've seen a lot of people making like 
it's nice to make little goals to get through when you're kind of working from home. And I mean, obviously it's a very stressful time when this person's like, delete a hundred emails a day. Cause I have so many old emails. Select all delete done. Well, no, cause some people can't do that. That's a lot for a lot of people. I mean, you got to selectively delete. But I mean, think goals like that. Like, okay, I need to go through my laptop. I need to back up. What pictures do I need? What pictures do I want to keep? Things like that. These are like little like tasks you can do to help you out in the long run and in the short run it's like something where you can feel like you've accomplished something because a lot of us are kind of feeling lost and in a really weird place right now and at least that gives like that little feeling of control that is nice as a human to have um and so i think that's one of those things that could help so the last thing i want to talk about uh before we go for this podcast i feel like we got another one in us maybe and we'll see we've got more to talk about i mean we've also got Um, wires on the way so if the anchor thing doesn't work um, hopefully we'll have he bought cords just in case he could run or he bought extra cords so we could try to run skype through the soundboard and record directly from skype so we'll find out but if not um we probably can get another uh episode i I will find ways to improve the audio quality so just give me joe found something called udemy u-d-e-m-y is that correct Mm -hmm. And it's an online, it's kind of like Coursera, but instead of being, I do they have an app? Do you know if there's an app or is it all? There's an app. Okay. Uh, at least there's an iOS app. I okay. don't know about Android. Um, I've been assuming if they've got one for, Mo- for more the than Apple likely. Yeah. So the, the nice thing about Udemy is they have a, a crap ton of courses. Majority of them are technical focused. They're primarily video based learning, which is my preferred way of learning. Well, it is a mix. I like being able to see how it's done and then turning around and doing it. And the good courses will employ a mix of both. Uh, it is kind of like any other online university. You have a mix of teachers with all with a little bit of different teaching style. Um, but I found it when I was looking for some Amazon Web Services courses. And then I found a few other courses that I found, uh, was interested in. And they had, when I logged in for the first time, a flash sale going on. So a course that's normally like 130 bucks was like 10 bucks. Now, since then, it looks like if you look around, there are coupons and other things. So it's kind of like Kohl's. You like Kohl's? There's, never had there's to pay full always price. a coupon that you should never right. have to pay full price. Or if, if you, you wait, there'll be another flash sale yeah, or something like that. Wait, so give, don't keep like checking on it, making sure this, wait, waiting for the sale. Yes, it's very much like shopping at Kohl's. And there are some free courses too that I haven't played with yet. Um, I've been going through some of the. Amazon Web Services Certified Solutions Architect, and then there's one for web application development, which is not how I was, quote-unquote, raised in software engineering. So uh, it's a slightly different mindset. I'm really interested to kind of poke at that a little bit more. But the thing is, is that if there's especially a technical thing that you're interested in, or not even necessarily technical, uh, my daughter and I were playing with looking around the catalog, and we found some, like, learn how to play drums. Learn how so to it's not music. just tech stuff. It's yeah. a mix of stuff, but it's video-based learning, stuff, but yeah, heavy on the on the technical side. Right. So, and, and that's, you know, it was kind of one of those things that, you know, it, working from home notwithstanding, you know, we don't have the ability to go out and go running around or uh, do all the other things that were, you know, a bit of a distraction, you know, pleasantries and whatnot. So I've, you know, tried to fill some of my time with, well, let's get to that list of things that you've wanted to do or the things that you've wanted to learn if you just had the time. Yeah. And, you know, not everybody's wired like that. Don't feel like that has to be your life. I've seen some posts that made a good point like, hey, sometimes we hyper focus on being productive. Maybe you just need to calm down. Just chill. Like maybe it's okay. You need to calm it's, it's down okay. to quote Taylor Swift. Yeah. 
it's okay to just be sometimes. Right. But, but a lot of us and me, I mean, a lot of us, especially the type A personalities feel like we need to be doing something. Or if you just enjoy learning. Yes. And this, this, is, this finally gives you that time where you're not necessarily so stuck up on like your day-to-day schedule. You don't have a long commute anymore. You don't have these things that used to like taking your kids to every single activity and all these things that used to be like time sucks to your life and you have a little bit more time chunked up available to you mm-hmm. now it would be nice to learn a new a new skill and in some cases in some of the areas if you can learn that skill with your kids you know trying new recipes or whatever which i think there might be cooking classes on udemy too but uh it's a nice alternate now like coursera is com- not completely free but most of it is free or very close to being free so it's a similar setup to that but maybe not a lot of people didn't know about that necessarily compared to I'd udemy it, compared so. to yeah there you go coursera so uh it's another option out there but and us in in library world it's always good to be more technically knowledgeable than the people around us um we don't necessarily have to know everything but it's always nice when we know a little bit more than the average uh, teacher or administrator because it a makes us seem really smart um, we are really smart but it makes us seem even extra smart uh, and it's always good knowledge to have and be able to share uh, new things um, with our colleagues so and it's always fun to be able to just you know you may not know everything but no hey I've got a tool for that in my uh, my toolbox here let's have a look at that and then you come in you swoop in you save the day which is always good for for a for the people who you help and b for your own um, personal well-being. She's like, I am awesome. Um, so I think that's probably a good place to to stop for tonight. But well, I think I, we've got at least three or four more things on our list that we didn't actually get to talk about. Is there anything else you want to end on before we I, I put say, in that bumper music? Even though I'm not a dame, uh, it was fun being biblio a, dude, a stand-in biblio dame for the uh, for the evening. We miss Jenny. We miss Jenny. Uh, but it was nice to be able to like talk and interview you and be back and forth and in our own space in our pajamas, which is also very enjoyable. Which neither so, one of us are. I'm kind of, I'm in legging. I've, I have worn, I would like to admit, I have worn pants this whole time. I usually spend my day in jeans and then transition into my yoga pants in the evening, mainly because I like to feel, for me, when I don't like change clothes and I don't like try to dry my hair and look like a regular everyday person it affects my mental health so for me I make a point to do those things but um I, I was there. I am in yoga pants now I tried I tried to let go um every now and then you know I'll come up to the office in my pj pants but for like the last month I had not trimmed my beard and it was kind of starting to look like the call of the wild it was. And he was getting a little bit shaggy. And poor thing, he wants to. He wants me to cut his hair. I refuse to do it. I used to shave his head back when we first got married and well, didn't have any money. And buzz now, cut. I mean, it wasn't, you know. Not like shaved. a full, yeah, but like a buzz cut. And I won't do it. So he's he's getting a little fuzzy. Evan's getting a little fuzzy. We're all kind of suffering that no uh, hairdresser it, life. It, but It hurts. Um, he did shave his beard, trimmed up a little bit. But there is something to be said about, like, just... Self-care. Self-care. I mean, in the most basic of ways that if you let yourself go too long and you don't take care of the the basic, you know, I spent last night, I blew dry my hair. I straightened it. So that way I knew for another day or two, I wouldn't have to do my hair. I could just throw some dry shampoo in and still look like I made some effort. So, you know, though, for the last month, I have not worn any makeup. And he know, he's looked fantastic the whole time. Yeah. So, hey, you know, my pores are thanking me. 
All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. And we'll um, uh, hopefully Jenny and I will get an actual together Bibliodames episode in the next few days. And I think Joe and I could probably throw together another one or two of these. We'll see. Yeah. But who thanks. knows? You know, we get enough people on the Skype line. We can make it a big old party. Maybe if we can get that together. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Talk to you later. Bye.